presenting sponsor for this season of Wild Ideas Worth Living is Ford. Their 2021 Ford Bronco Sport is the SUV that'll get you to your outdoor adventures. It's an off-road SUV built for the thrill seeker, the sightseer, and the day tripper. This SUV has many available features to help you get to your destination. With enough ground clearance, off-roading capabilities, and purposeful design that includes easy to clean surfaces and plenty of interior space, this SUV is your gateway to the outdoors. The Ford Bronco Sport is equipped to help you get out there, to the mountain ranges, the woodland trails, and to the coast. You can learn more about what the Bronco Sport has to offer at Ford.com or in our show notes. There's a feeling we get when we're outside. The way the sunlight filters through the leaves, the sound of running water down a creek, the smell of a wooden trail. The waterfalls, mountains, and vistas we visit mean something to us that's hard to describe. As outdoors people, we care deeply about the places where we adventure. A lot of our guests have turned that passion into activism, like fighting for climate change or protecting our public lands. But Keith Eshelman and Savag Kazansi are using their business chops to support the outdoors. They're the founder of Parks Project, a retail brand that raises funds to conserve our national parks. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living. Keith and Savag met when they were both working at the shoe company Tom's. Savag was designing and developing apparel, and Keith was director of retail. With a shared passion for the outdoors, they decided to start their own company. Parks Project is an apparel company that encourages people to leave the outdoors better than they found it. So far, Parks Project has contributed over $1,200,000 to help fund conservancy projects in our national park. It's a cool model and one that seems to be having a real impact. Keith Eshelman and Savag Kazansi, welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living. We're excited to have you on. Uh, we're stoked to be here. Thanks for having us. This is Savag speaking. And how you doing? I'm Keith. So tell me about your experience with national parks and this amazing volunteer trip that inspired you guys to create your brand, The Parks Project. Yeah, I'll go ahead and field that question. You know, grew up with a great exposure to national parks and the outdoors and just have always had a massive appreciation for the outdoors. You know, I think later in life, uh, something hit when I had my first child, Everly, seven years ago. And I started looking at the, you know, how I received parks and in what, in what condition they were in um, and what it was going to look like for my next generation. There's something that struck a chord. Um, and specifically, it was around a trip up to Big Sur. Um, and at that point, we uh, had taken some paternity leave, went up to Big Sur, and my wife and I were going to hike a trail that we normally um, go visit, and the trail was closed. So wait, this was the this was the Julia Pfeiffer Trail, right? Yeah, and it's just trail closures probably mean it's going to be, you know, gone forever. And understood how the majority of the network of trail in the Big Sur area is maintained by volunteers and said, it's probably my my turn to pitch in and, and do some volunteering. And that led to Savag and I organizing volunteer days in kind of the greater LA area. Yeah, the rest kind of rolled into more awakenings on how we can play in this space. 
So interesting. So basically for those who are listening and, and don't know, Julia Pfeiffer trails, this like magical trail in Big Sur where you overlook these like blue emerald green lakes and a waterfall going in and it's, it's stunning. So I'm really confused though. So it was closed and why does that mean it'll be maybe closed forever? Uh, when a trail gets so overgrown and rutted, it's kind of past the point of return. So that's why the, the trail maintenance is so important because once it can, you know, become just a, a huge rut with tons of overgrowth, you're going to need to basically rebuild the trail. And who's going to do that? You know, our, our, it's, a, it's a lot of work for volunteers. Yeah. And at that point, you know, Keith asked me, hey, do you want to join me in a couple of volunteer days? There's there's this group called the Santa Monica Trail Council. We were working at Tom's Shoes at the time and, you know, we're inspired by that business model of using business to do good and got on a volunteer day and we were kind of two things struck us pretty, pretty quickly. First of all, we realized the average volunteer there was quite a bit older. And, you know, we kind of had this realization of like, gosh, a lot of people we know in our age group are into the outdoors, social media in the outdoors and the outdoor space visitation is getting younger. There's an opportunity to engage kind of the next generation in the work that's being done here. Um, we also, the other thing that we kind of identified was the product side. You know, we just felt like the things that were being sold in parks and just in general around parks needed kind of, you know, a little creative uplift and a little bit of a way to speak to that generation in a cooler, more fashionable way. And so we knew product and that's kind of where, you know, the idea came from. It's like, okay, we can take what we're learning in the volunteer space with what's happening on the ground with these organizations, apply it to what we know really well, which is product and and maybe build something here. So the Parks Project is is an apparel brand and you have this greater mission. Talk to me about sort of what you sell and what the mission is behind it. I mean, the first thing that we found, like Savag just said, is how there's a lack of engagement with the next generation of, uh, you know, park champions or park supporters. Um, and we saw that quickly through volunteer days and also through, you know, posting and sharing our own experiences, everybody wanted to join. It's like, wait, there's something more than a beach cleanup. You guys are actually doing trail work or planting trees and, you know, actually doing some work out there that looked like it was going to be lasting um, and impactful. Um, but that was, you know, the first thing that we noticed is that we could help create that connection for the next generation through through product. And the second was, like Savag just mentioned, the product itself. It, you know, it needed a refresh. Um, we thought national parks are the biggest, baddest brands in the outdoor industry. Um, how come no one had participated in, you know, bringing these visuals to life and leveraging, you know, amazing art to just show the power of the brand? And then the third was just distribution. You know, for the most part, you couldn't find park goods outside the park stores, you know, and we were the first mover to, to go online um, and to sell to a lot of wholesale. And um, when you put those three things together, it's, it was the right time and um, the right place. And it clicked pretty quick. There are a lot of retail companies who give back, whether it's donating their products or donating a percentage of their profits to a nonprofit organization. One of the things I love about Parks Project is how specific their give back program is. Their funds don't just go to one overarching nonprofit. Instead, the sales from a specific item go toward a specific project, whether that's trail restoration, planting, or even funding park visits for kids. 
So if I understand your brand correctly, you have this really cool t-shirt, let's say that says Joshua Tree National Park on it. And then the proceeds of that t-shirt go to a nonprofit that specifically supports tree planting in Joshua Tree National Park. Is that how it works? And how did you guys come up with this model? Coming from Tom's just loved a business doing more than, you know, watching their own bottom line. And, uh, you know, I always thought you can like run a business for a long time and then give back some money at the end. And why not just do it concurrently as the business grows and scales, it gives back during the moment. And, and, and the growth is actually a good thing for the nonprofit partners. But what we identified is that we wanted to fund projects because things change in this world. You know, sometimes the visitor services are going to be flooded and then maybe that'll be, you know, resolved and, and the park service will be able to take it. And the, and the nonprofit partner has to work on something else. And it could be reforestation. It could be youth programs. It could be um, wildlife programs, et cetera. So we just we thought this model would be best suited for a social enterprise if it could fund projects and then move on, fund a project and then move on. And as we grow, we could even just do a capsule collection and fund a project and say, thank you all for participating. We just, you know, completed this research within the park or we just engaged, you know, a bunch of students in the surrounding area to come visit the park for the first time, so on and so forth. But we wanted also the funding from the products to go directly to those parks. You know, we don't, it's actually really easy to just give back broadly and say, oh, a certain percentage of proceeds go back to this nationwide organization and, you know, wipe your hands. But we, we thought, you know, let's let's get the, the dollars as close to the projects as possible. Let's make sure the, the money is going right back into the park that it's representing and make sure that we share where it's going and, and why we're doing it. I'm really curious how, you know, what you learned at Tom's translates to Parks Project. I mean, you talked a little bit about how you decided, you know, from the get-go, you're going to try to fund these projects. But like, h- how does it actually work? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been quite a bit of learning in this process for us. You know, when we first started the business, we didn't know quite a bit about the national park space and kind of the public land space and how to navigate it. Um, you know, we imagine there's just like one group and you kind of like, support that one group and that's kind of doing everything. But it really, um, a lot of the great feedback we got from the National Park Foundation, which is one of the wonderful nonprofits in this in this space, was like, hey, the, the way you can really do the, the best impact, make the most impact, is working directly with these conservation groups and these specific association groups. So we do have a team that works with over 40 groups currently, and we're literally directly working with each group, finding out about the projects, that we're supporting, finding out about, you know, what's the priority there and, and, and then, you know, allocating funds based off of, you know, sales. So the, the, it's quite a bit of work, you know, I think we could have definitely simplified it if we wanted to, but we really wanted to make it just so we could speak to it and be the most genuine business possible. You know, this is, we, we live it and breathe it for sure. You guys work with so many cool organizations to do great things through your Parks Project collaborations. Tell me about some of the organizations you work with and sort of how you do the give back component with them. We really try to celebrate on the product side. It's um, it's fun. It's fashion. Um, we'll try to kind of bring something new to this, you know, the outdoor industry, basically, and um, we'll do a collaboration with Obey Clothing, you know, and and get Shepard Ferry engaged to do some radical artwork. Uh, I didn't know that. Studio. Wait, tell me more. That's amazing. Yeah, that was that was last Earth Day. Uh, we did a special collaboration with Obey, and yeah, lots of those online drops that we do are gone. 
within you know the hours of the day. They sell out pretty quickly. But you know, conversely, we'll also do a collaboration with the Sierra Club, like we did uh, last fall. So really, it's we have a, a broad mix, and we try to make sure all those collaborations represent the brand, which is from Obey all the way to Sierra Club and everything in between. So you just mentioned the artist Shepard Ferry. He made the famous poster of President Obama. The artists you work with are just incredible. How do you find them? Do you guys find them word of mouth or do you seek them out? Yeah, we have a pretty extensive artist network now. Um, we do get a, a lot of inbound inquiries. Um, and then we also reach out to, to people that we find just um, you know on Instagram or, or through art magazines, et cetera. Um, a handful of referrals in there too. Yeah, so uh, the, the screening process is quite extensive because we want to hold all the artwork we make um, in collaboration with artists to the to the highest level. And um, we're, we're doing more and more of using an artist that is very connected with whatever project it is, or say we're doing something um, in an urban park in a city, we're going to work with somebody who's in that city and connected to that park and just really tie it all together. Parks Project focuses on collaborating with local artists who have a real connection with the park or the campaign they're working on. Their emotional attachment comes across in their work and it gives it a personal touch. Parks Project is doing a lot for national parks. One of their main goals is to get the next generation involved and invested in our public lands. If you went to a national park 10 years ago, you probably would have seen a lot of young families and some retired folks. But there's been a big shift, and now a lot more young people are on the trails. So it makes sense that the company is focused on maintaining the national parks for generations to come. How do you work with young people and get them involved? Because I know, I know you mentioned earlier young people aren't traditionally, they weren't the ones out there on the trail. And I, I remember that 10 years ago too, like national parks were not, there's way more young people, there's way more engagement than ever before in our national parks. But curious, you know, how do you guys on the ground level get more young people involved? I think that there's a really cool shift that's happening where for us, we might've done a national park trip with a family um, or, you know, with a friend's family or something like that. But now you're seeing a lot more kids do group trips. Um, and, you know, I, I'd like to think by educating and inspiring people and being very inclusive in, in our outreach, um, that, uh, we're getting more people in the parks that in itself is generating more support. So, um, you know, part of our model is to, to give everyone, um, kind of inspiration and, and say, you know, find a park that means something to you and then, you know, create a relationship with the park and maybe support the nonprofit and, you know, pay it back a little bit or even pay it forward by coming out and volunteering with us. I feel like, you know, national parks are in, you know, the, the pandemic especially has had such an impact on our national parks. You know, they were closed for a while, then they're like inundated. And, you know, this is kind of the one place people people can play outside right now. So I'm just really curious, you know, what's your opinion of kind of how the pandemic has really changed how people view national parks and how will you help ensure people can enjoy these spaces while also ensuring, you know, they're protected? I mean, what's really excited me over the past year is 
just we're all looking at the parks aren't just for a select group of people. Um, you know, they, it represents America. It represents an idea. They've also these lands have been there for a long time. So you, you, we can all pay respect to those who were stewards of the land before they were you know, titled a national park. But um, I think it's just it's been a good remix and a good reset um, where, you know, we can we can look at who's going to parks, how we encourage more, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion um, and building a business and coming from a city like Los Angeles, I think, sets us a little bit further ahead of that. And that was always part of the fabric of, of this business. And we we're kind of remixing things in a, with a different light, having influence from, you know, streetwear and skateboarding and um, also just appreciation for the outdoors. Um, I think for the, the future of visitation, it's going to be really off the charts. Um, I think there'll probably be more reservation systems and it may be a little bit more challenging to just hop around from park to park because just the sheer numbers that are pouring in and, and how everybody wants to be outside. I mean, do you want to go to a movie and kind of share air with somebody or are you going to be at Disneyland touching things that a million other people are touching or you're going to get outside and, and feel good and kind of reset your mind. There's a whole mental health uh, solution around parks too, and, and how it can get you to slow down a little bit. Maybe your phone doesn't work out there. That's great. You know? So I think, you know, parks can, can really heal and it, and it has for me and it, and it gives me the opportunity to travel with my family and reset a bit and connect and then plug back into life. So how that all rolls up into so each and every person's visit should be interesting to watch. What's something about national parks that just most people don't even know about? I, I would say the amount of, amount of dedicated people there are to keeping it the way it is. Um, it's when you peel back the curtain and you see what these groups of people are doing um, and they're doing it because they're dedicated and passionate about the space. Um, it's, it's pretty remarkable. You know, when you hear about how many people are volunteering and, and how much that support that is, is it's a big, big deal. Um, so for me, it was kind of like going and seeing the park and meeting people in the park and being like, oh my gosh, you do this every day. And they're like, yeah, someone needs to do this every day to make sure, you know, so-and-so happens. And that's a pretty cool, when you, when you kind of meet people in that space, it shows you the level of dedication they really have to, to protecting those places. What, what are those jobs that you, you're talking about? Uh, the Joshua Tree Nursery one was a big one for me. Um, there was also one when I was in Glacier. So during the winter, they have basically massive snowstorms and people go snowshoe, you know, through the park and vandalism within the visitor center is, is been a, a problem, you know, historically. And so when I'm there, they're, they're telling us a story about this lady who kind of got fed up with it at the park group and park association group there. And she basically decided to like snowshoe out there and like start protecting the, the visitor center from like vandals on her own. And I remember just being like, that is badass. Of course, Keith and Savag want to grow their company. They also foster a greater connection between outdoor adventures and the places they play. But that isn't necessarily attached to buying Parks Project gear. So what are you guys working on now? Working on quite a few things. I mean, I think the biggest thing we're, we're, we're doing at the moment is just trying to look at really the back end of our business and the supply chain of our business. Um, 
we grew at a rate that was really exciting, but also created a lot of challenges. And so we've been able to grow our supply chain, but also focus on it. So one of the things we're really honing in on is, you know, how do we make our goods? Where are we making our goods? How can we work with more local makers and, and tell more stories about local makers? And then also how can we kind of like educate our customers about visitation? You know, I think when the government shutdown happened about a year ago, a lot of people came to us for info. And even through COVID, we've gotten a lot of people reach out just to, you know, hey, I want to go to this park and what are the things to do? So we really want to take on this little bit more of a role of like educating people and, and really engaging them and giving them the tools they need to visit these places and in the right way. So that's that's a big initiative for us. But there's a lot of big collabs coming down and I can let Keith speak a little bit to those. Yeah, I mean, it, we're all of a sudden getting the opportunity to work with brands that we've admired our entire lives. We're now getting to collaborate with big companies and we're asking them to maybe make something a little bit more sustainably. And, you know, we're, we're sharing our message and our goodwill that we've built. You know, that's, I think you come to a stage of building where it's like, we just focus on the things that are working. And instead of inserting a bunch of new ideas and new things, and now it's like, we've got the exposure, we've got the niche of the market, we've got some things that are very integral to the business, like uh, inspiring people to volunteer and, and all the ingredients are there and we just have to you know, really turn it into some good special sauce that people will enjoy consuming. And you're not going to tell us which brands that uh, you're doing stuff with? No, we're, well, we're not. Obviously, we can't say much, but there's some exciting things down the pipeline and some things I think you wouldn't even think. For us, we're trying to reach outside, like I said, trying to reach outside of the, the typical outdoor space and really bring in people that, that can kind of inspire maybe a more diverse audience and a and a more inclusive audience. So that's really the goal. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I'm really excited about is just, I worked so hard uh, for a couple years to to try to scale the idea of our, our company being a platform for volunteering. And I used to say that was my hardest job, was getting 15 people out on a trail to, to help out. But trust me, after three hours as a group, it's just a spectacular experience. So we started getting a lot of inbound requests and we put together the Volunteer Alliance in that we have leads by city, but they organize the volunteer days with our resources and we pay them to do so. So that's the Volunteer Alliance and that'll be coming back online in the next year as the world goes back to being normal and, and we can be around one another. I think there's going to be a huge demand for, you know, community, a huge demand for being around others and um, sharing real experiences over digital. So I think people see the good in, in the world and we're excited to harness that and bring them together. And oftentimes I think we can help people meet others and, and become friends with people in their community that they wouldn't have known otherwise. And Parks Project sparked that. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think the one of the other things we're just really focusing on is, is how we inspire that next generation, whether it's through education. I mean, we have built the community. We've showed that we can make product. And at the end of the day, the mission is the the storytelling element and the, the, the work that the association groups are doing. So really what we're focusing on in the future is how can we educate our consumer? How can we educate our community to really visit parks in the right way and inspire their friends and family to do the same thing? And if they want to do more, whether it's donate, volunteer, 
or you know purchase something? How can they do that in the most impactful way? So that's really our goal um, is to try to educate that next generation and inspire them and hopefully give them the tools they need to, to be the best park stewards they can be. What's your favorite national park? Those are tough ones. <laughs> Mine's Joshua Tree. Uh, it's the first park that my wife and I visited together. And we've been to quite a few parks now together. Um, and we've taken our son as well. But Joshua Tree is probably mine just because it's about two hours from us. It's also the first park that I got to go visit the actual nonprofit organization and see the work they were doing uh, firsthand. And we got to see the nursery and where they're actually growing little mini Joshua trees to help kind of the Joshua Tree endure through you know climate change. So um, seeing that project firsthand for me and it being like two hours from our office was was definitely you know a heavy hitter for me. That's for mine. Yeah. So for those who don't know, what's this nonprofit at Joshua Tree? The Joshua Tree National Park Association, they are kind of the main nonprofit that that helps support the projects within the parks, helps support education within the parks, volunteer groups. I mean, everything that they, they're kind of the, the right arm of the National Park Service within Joshua Tree. So a wonderful organization that we have an awesome partnership with. What's your favorite national park, Keith? You know, my really my, my cliche answer is to say I haven't found it yet. But yeah, I, I, I honestly I stopped rushing through parks and, and, and checking lists as of a couple of years ago. And I'm having such a better time, you know, is you don't need to see everything while you're there. I, I love leaving and saying, oh, my gosh, I got some more things to come back and see another time. I think every park is such a unique experience. And depending on the mood, depending on the season, um, there's there's. It varies over time, but if you know somebody held me to it and said you got to choose one, it, it would be Yosemite. I think there's so much to do there. Parks Project isn't just about giving financially to these conservancy projects; it's about energizing people to take care of these public spaces. When we all help take care of the places we love to play, then they last longer, so the next generation of adventurers gets to enjoy them too. Thank you so much to Keith and to Savag for coming on the show. I'm stoked for some of your upcoming collaborations. I can't wait to see how your company continues to grow. You can check out Parks Project at parksproject.us and follow them at Parks Project on Instagram or at Rad Parks on Facebook. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger, written and edited by Annie Fassler, and produced by Chelsea Davis. Our executive producers are Paolo Motola and Joe Crosby, and our presenting sponsor is Ford. This episode is brought to you by Parks Project. As always, we appreciate when you follow, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. And remember, some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas.